0: self-image and insecurities. How do you deal with that? Self-image is created by how you view yourself and how others view you. For my self-image, I wanted people to view me as a writer or an author, someone who is creative. And the way people viewed me in the past were quiet and smart. The issue with that was, I didn't feel smarter than the next person. If anything, I felt a little below the smartest people. And the reason for that was, I never studied, I never wrote down anything for tests. I just winged it my entire life going to school. But because I was quiet and kept to myself, people thought I was smart. I'm going to sit next to the quiet girl because she's smart, is what I had to grow up with. We're having a test. Let me sit next to the quiet girl. It was never, oh, She's a writer. She's going to be a good writer. She's going to become an author. No. So for me, my self-image was not what I wanted. I almost felt like a fraud because people thought, because she's quiet, that means she's smart. And that wasn't the case at all. It almost felt like... I was lying, even though I wasn't the one who painted that picture of me. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not smart. I'm saying the smart that they thought I was, wasn't me. I was smart in other ways. For example, if I wanted to write a story, I knew that I had to make an outline for it before I even knew what an outline was. But they thought I was smart in a way that I could do multiplication super fast and get an A plus on it. And in reality, I absolutely have a deep hatred for math. I started to develop insecurities as I got older because I felt like I had this image that I needed to hold up to because I was quiet. I had to be smart. Now I had to study for these tests. Now I wasn't allowed to get Fs. Because if I had gotten a bad grade, people would go, Oh, so this test must have been hard. Because the quiet girl also failed. And being quiet is a blessing and a curse. Once I got into high school, there was... A couple of teachers, and I know they were joking, but some of the kids weren't. They would say, oh, she's quiet. She'd probably be the next one to attack the school. She's quiet, so maybe she hates everything and everyone. So now I went from, she's quiet, so she must be smart, to... She's quiet, so she must hate everything. I was never good at making friends. I was adopted by people who sat around me. And most of the time, people only sat around me because they had to, not because they wanted to. Because they were around me, they decided, let me get to know her. But had we not had assigned seats... They would have never wanted to get to know me. I know there's a few kind souls who actually didn't care if I was quiet or not. They actually wanted to know me. And some of those people are still friends today. My social communication is not like everybody else's social communication. I don't go to parties and introduce myself to everybody. I don't walk into a classroom like, good morning, everyone. I go in there with my assigned seat and I sit down and I do what I have to do so I can get out and go to the comfort of my own home. Same thing with parties. I won't go to a party if I don't know at least two people there. Because if I go with one person, and I only know that one person, and they go to talk to someone else, I'll be alone. And I remember one instance when I was in class. I believe I was in 11th grade. And all my English teachers, for the most part, were my favorite. So it kind of took me off guard. Because... I was having a pretty good day. I had a Tinkerbell sweater on because I absolutely adore Tinkerbell. The teacher walked over to hand out papers. She looked at my sweater and she said, Oh, I saw you more as an ER girl. To top it off, I did like alternative music, you know, I liked Linkin Park and I mean, I still like them. I liked Evanescence, you know, Avril Lavigne, Simple Plan, just to name a few. And I loved expressing myself through colors and just being creative. And how did I do that? I dyed my hair. I wasn't dyeing my hair because I was depressed but when I was going to school it was considered emo to like rock music and to dye your hair and to just wear black all the time. I wore black because it was matching with everything. My favorite colors are blue and orange but no one would know that unless they asked. Now going back to the comment that the teacher made. I pictured you as an ER girl. If you know Winnie the Pooh, you know ER is the negative Nancy in the group. Always depressed. And that's how people who liked rock music were depicted when I was in school. They were depicted as people who did self-harm or who were always sad about one thing or another. And that brought up even more insecurities with me because now people think, oh, she's quiet. She's dyeing her hair. She's listening to rock music. She must hate life. And that wasn't the case. And I got made fun of because of that. So I had a thousand insecurities and to pile on top of these insecurities because I was letting everyone dictate what my self-image was instead of believing what I wanted my self-image to be. My insecurities just piled one right after the other. Um, I have eczema, so a lot of people would look at my face because it was on my face. It was on my arms and my legs. And... Thank God to today, you know, I only have one small patch just under my nose of eczema that I can't control. But when I was younger, you know, stress flares up the eczema. Um, people would look at me and go, oh, my God, ill your face. Or they would say, oh, my God, you look like a lizard girl so now i'm not only having insecurities about my self image uh of how people perceive me i'm having insecurities of my own beauty of the beauty standards that i was supposed to have you know now now i'm thinking oh my god am i ugly i had to really take a step back and really look at myself and understand that everyone's opinion about who you are is next to nothing as long as you know who you are and what you bring to the table and how you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror then everything else just falls into place and you start to lose those insecurities I'm not going to sit here and say, it's so easy. All you have to do is this and that, because it's definitely not easy. I actually went to therapy and found out that I had major anxiety, which I'm pretty sure anybody can see that I have social anxiety. Even when it comes to meeting new people, I get anxious, like, oh my God, they're going to look at this. They're going to look at that. They're going to think I'm annoying if I talk too much. They're going to think I'm too quiet if I don't say, you know, like it's just all these thoughts in, in your head that just go running wild when you have anxiety. And sometimes you just, you can't control it. And just recently, actually, I've been able to start trying to control all of it, to control these emotions, and to just breathe. So the next thing would be, how do you control it? How do you control something that you've never controlled before? Well, the first step that I started taking when it comes to these irrational fears of what if they don't like me? Or when it comes to my self-image is that you need to paint yourself. You know, we're all artists and we're all painting our image. We're all painting who we are. No one is going to know that I'm a writer Unless I say, hey, I really like writing and it's a passion of mine. I'm working on a book. Then they go from thinking, oh, she's quiet. And then assume me. No, they go, oh, she's quiet. She must be thinking of something else to write. And, you know, that's the first step. No one's a mind reader. they They don't know who you are unless you tell them. And and I mean, if you can read minds, then great, you should be a superhero, but the average person most likely will not know what your passions are or what you want your self-image to be unless you paint them a picture. The next thing I do to overcome my insecurities and This is probably the most saliest thing that I've ever done. But you. every time you look in the mirror, find something on your body that is attractive to you, you know? Like, maybe it's your nose, okay? You start with the simplest thing. If you think your nose is cute... You look in that mirror, you look at your nose, and you say, my nose is cute. I have a cute nose. Look at my nose. It's so adorably cute. Once you're comfortable complimenting your nose, try something else. Look at my eyebrows, my skin, my lips. If you have a pimple, name it. Name your pimple, whatever you want. It's your little buddy until it heals and goes away. Now, most people have acne and then there's, you know, God's favorite people who don't have to really suffer with acne, but they have other insecurities, you know, just because somebody posts a picture of themselves like, oh yeah, I'm a bad bee," you know, doesn't mean that they don't go home at the end of the day and feel insecure. Everyone has insecurities, and that's what we need to realize. My main rule for myself, and it should be the main rule for you as well, is never be mean to yourself. Why would you do that? I've done it for so long, and I don't know why I would be my own worst enemy, I don't, I don't need to do that. There's some bitter soul out there that can gladly take that role. So I'm going to be my own best friend. I don't think I'm the most attractive person in the world. Okay. I'm not a goddess over here, but I am not ugly. I am worthy. I am cute and I am smart. I am not depressed just because I like certain things. I'm not an ER girl. I love Tinkerbell. At the end of each day, remind yourself who you are so that when you walk out in that world, you are confident people will know who you are. With that said... I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. This is the second episode, and I look forward to seeing you again next Monday for the third episode. I am your host, and my name is Nikki. Have a good one.